All right, Tim. Yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah? Feeling busy at the moment? Everything kind of relaxed, chilled out a little bit now? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. (laughs) Overall, uh, problem with the technique. That's why uh, why I'm a bit late. No problem. It's not a problem at all. I'm just glad to speak to you. Um, Yeah, it's been an incredible little period of time for, of course, the Hate Project. Everyone overall in the band, do you feel like you're doing uh, well, considering we're over halfway through the year now? Um, I mean, it's our first release with a bigger label, mm. except for the single, but that was just like, uh, you know, dipping our toes in the water first time. Now it's like, like a real release. And we didn't really, I mean, we didn't know what to expect. Of course. So we just, now we are sitting here hoping something will happen. Will we get some gigs? Will one of the songs blow up? Who knows? Who knows? But overall, is it fair to say the first half of 2023 has been a good year? And do you have any particular highlights you can point at, um, aside, I guess, from the release of the new EP? I mean, we did our two first international gigs this year. So we were we went to Denmark mm-hmm. and we went to uh, Berlin. Together Fantastic. with two other bands, Hanging the Nihilist and uh, Rune of Self Perception. Great guys. And we, I mean, it was, it was a fun experience. Long trip, but <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> if you're able to reflect positively, and ultimately that's the most important thing. Uh, memories like that, first time traveling uh, outside the country and so on, all of that is always uh, just, it's memory making. It is, it is. Well, of course, the new EP, Blessed with Malevolence. It's out now via Seek and Strike, a fantastic release that really shows off all the strengths within the band and also how you're kind of moving forward. But I want you to take me back to the early days of, of its creation, in particular, what your vision looked like for it. That's a hard question. Um when we when we write it's usually mm. since we it's me and oliver plays guitar yep. and we do most of the like uh, say we, we put down the guitars and like put just put some basic drums or something and and some bass uh when we record and the cp was the first time i did more Mm. Uh, songwriting um because when i joined the band uh, when we started it uh, in like 2019 20 i didn't even listen to deathcore like mm. i i'm i've been more like like bands like tool uh meshuggah so like meshuggah is probably the heaviest one i like um so when i i can't speak for oliver but when i did my like uh, the parts I did didn't have a particular thought in mind. Like it mm. was more uh, an experience doing like a music kind of music I never written before. Yeah, but I think it worked out pretty fine anyway. Like 
did did you know then that it was always going to be the, an EP? So you, you know, you're starting to write, you're starting to get some ideas, you're starting to create. Did you initially think, okay, we're going to release an EP, or this could be an album, or we'll see what songs we end up with? We were pretty sure that the first release we were going to do with Seek and Strike was going to be an EP. Mm. Yeah, we wanted to do yeah, just like test the waters and stuff before we did a full album. And when um, Seek and Strike came calling, as it were, um, was there any doubt? Was there any um, unsureness about joining the label and working with them? I mean, no. Mm. When we we saw the roster and we... Uh, it seemed like a serious label. I mean, other than like some legal questions because we have never signed with the label before yep like we we did read through the contract and we had to ask some people we know or something like what what does this mean is this like yeah. standard i mean other than that we didn't have any issues when have we you saw found like a like a real opportunity for us and like like a serious red label you are an incredible label, as you said, the roster speaks for itself. Um, and have they been very supportive of you in regards to what you've done up to this point? Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I say they're pretty supportive of all the bands. Um, and they currently have signed. We've spoken to Ray, um, mm. uh, one of the, uh, what do you call it, founders or driving forces behind it. And he says that they obviously try to put equal amount of time for all bands. And that was one of the things they said to us before we signed. And one of the things that uh, like helped us like, yeah, uh, feel like we were welcome and um, like it was going to be worth it to sign with them. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad. Um, Going back to the EP then, was there anything specific, any specific things that occurred along the way as you were working on it, as you were creating, that ended up helping shape what it became in the end? Nothing super specific, but it mm. also... It's one of the first times everyone had a little bit of input. Um, so like I said before I didn't write any deathcore before starting this band so like the first album is uh, the other guitarist Oliver's he, mm -hmm. he's like the mastermind behind that one uh, but uh, starting with EP before I started helping him with a bit of just like when he wanted to complete a few songs but he got stuck so i we met and i like helped him get through some where we were stuck and uh, mm. but this time uh before we started to like finish the songs we gathered the whole band and everyone mm. gets to say the inputs if this if they think i like this part but this part i think is a little bit meh you should probably change it up and that was the first time like everyone had a had a say in how the songs would uh, turn out. 
do you think that worked better for you as a as a group uh yeah i think mm -hmm. it pretty much turned out for the better it also helps like if you it's always a balance because it can be very hard to write songs if you if you have too many like uh, everyone have something to say and you get, yeah you don't get anywhere um but uh, like coming in when this the song is starting to take shape and then you mm. can have uh, like opinions and you want to make one part heavier or one part is uh, i mean i think i think some of the songs would definitely not have been as good as they got if we haven't done that so um yeah oh well, that's incredible. I think it speaks for itself. The quality of the EP speaks for itself. And it is a deeply uh, personal EP dealing with addictions in particular. What made you want to delve into such a powerful and wide ranging subject? It's not easy to talk about stuff like this. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm the right person to answer this because mm. uh, it's Anton, the vocalist, the singer who writes... Yeah. Uh, Writes out the lyrics, and some of it is personal. Some of it's maybe inspired by his by events in his life. Um, but I mean, um, what yeah, about your uh, feelings? Think... What about your feelings when you first? I guess when you first um, heard or read the lyrics and saw the association, the connection to the music as well. What what did you what did you feel at the time? Do you remember? Oh, it was oh, how many ones? <laughs> First time I read the lyric must have been like almost a year ago. Like, I can't really remember how I, mm. how I felt then. Um, what about? No, you can. Well, what about um some of the more challenging aspects of working on this EP? So you know, you know, you're going to be putting it under seek and strike. You know, ultimately, you want to move the hate project a little bit forward. You want to show your development as a musician. What were some of the challenges um that you you, you faced, and how did you overcome them? Ooh, challenges. Uh, um, I guess one of the challenges I've always had with the uh, with the way we write music is it's very it's very machine like and mm -hmm. maybe it's like um very typical of deathcore in general like very um not very organic in the way that you write like you record and uh, it's very and i've always had the mind that i want to have it a bit more organic have a bit more mm. of the and what do you say like random elements <laughs> yeah yeah but it, it it it's very hard with the way we write since we don't do the we go into a studio and everyone sits there and what happens happens we do very much of the recording at home mm -hmm. so the so I I do my guitars at home and uh, Oliver does his guitars at home. And uh, now we don't we don't record uh, we don't record the drums in a studio because it would 
it increases the cost of making an album of very course. much the drums, the recording drums. So for now, we would like to do it, but instead of doing like uh, one release each year or maybe two, if we're very inspired, uh, maybe we have to do one every three years. Hmm. So, so we, at the moment, we'd rather just do it like this. But as I said, uh, the challenge with that, it becomes very machine-like, very mm -hmm. robotic. Robotic in a way. And then, so the challenge is always trying to get it not as robotic, even if it's very common in this genre to have the like robotic. No, I understand what you mean. Um, and on the opposite side of that, what about your the thing you enjoyed the most from a personal perspective, you alone, the thing you enjoyed the most about this process working on Blessed with Malevolence? I would say writing the music mm -hmm. and uh, the part when we like sit together and discuss which part we like, which part we would like to change. That part is... For me personally, personally, yeah. it's the best part. I, I I love writing the music. I'm not really much a big fan of recording it. Because <laughs> I find it a bit tedious sitting there and then just it wasn't tight enough. I have to do it again. And again that and again is, and again. <laughs> yeah. I hate that part, but it has to be done. Have you noticed um, that there's a particular, any particular track from the EP that seems to be resonating with the listeners more than any other? Hmm. Hard to say. I mean, it's mm. only been out, the full EP has only been out for like, what is it? Four days? In a short amount of time, yeah. Yeah. So obviously the two, uh, the single, obviously you have about much more uh much higher spread than the other ones yeah um but i mean as what we can see now yeah all of the songs getting pretty much a, a lot of plays and spread i'm guessing like needle fanatic the one the other one we had the music video for the other mm. music video have been getting uh it's pretty close to uh, to the blessed blessed with malevolence uh, single. Well, because it's a digestible EP, you know, there's kind of no reason why people are jumping from one to another and until they eventually find their favorites and then kind of come back to it. In a moment, you just listen to it in a nice, juicy, enjoyable block because it is so digestible, which is such an important part of uh, making modern music. Unfortunately, um, attention spans. And I have to ask them: Do you? Guys, do you as a group think you've got a good handle on the modern expectations of being in a band? And what I mean by that is social media, the demand for you to have fresh content out regularly and stuff like that. Ooh. I mean, we have a grasp that we know we have to do it. Mm. But I wouldn't say we have someone in the band that's like uh, a natural at it. That's one of the great things with uh, with being signed to Seek and Strike, they know they have a bit more experience with doing this. So they just tell us, uh, this is a great idea to do this. This is a great idea to do this. And we just, okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but none of us is like, um, you know, like 
all of us have like an Instagram, but mm-hmm. maybe I I do one picture each year or something. So it's <laughs> like I'm not super uh, active on social media and stuff. And I think n- no one else in the band uh, is really uh, into that stuff. But we try. It, we try. You try. It's all you can do. It is a necessary evil. But on that same subject, I have to ask you then as well, the most important part of it, when you do have to do it, do you enjoy it? Or would you just prefer not to? I mean, usually it's just like... When we do a music video, video, we take mm. some pictures and we do a teaser on Instagram, stuff like that. So it's usually not a big deal. Um, so I'd say we're pretty neutral to it. Like it's it's we we're not we don't hate it, but we'd rather not do it if we if someone else could do it for us. I'm pretty sure most of us would say, yeah, you do it. <laughs> Take over, please. Absolutely. Everybody wants and needs a social media manager, but getting one is uh, not easy and certainly not cheap. Yeah. Um, so the remainder of 2023, uh, what plans do you have in the works for the rest of the year that you can talk about? Oh. Yeah, what plans do we have? Since, um, I mean, we started, like I said before, we started in, started uh, the band 19, mm. late 19, early 20. And as most people probably know, that was right before the Corona and the lockdowns. And uh, there it is. There it is. And so like our first gigs uh, that we were supposed to have was like 2020 in May. I think was supposed mm. to be our first real gig, which obviously got cancelled because the restriction in in Sweden anyway came yeah. uh, at the end of March. Um, so we had, yeah, basically two years we were supposed to be out and playing, where <laughs> we were just writing music instead of doing yeah. releases. So. We are a bit behind on the live uh, performance stuff. Like I think we only had uh, like the Berlin, the latest one we did. I guess was our have been our fifth or sixth like live gig ever with this, this band. And so the plan for twenty twenty three would be like maybe get a bit more experience with the live like develop our live shows and obviously writing music but that we always write music something you never stop and it's like uh, you do it when you have time we have do and do some riffs yeah but like the big thing for 23 if we're talking about the plan would be live shows yeah, I was kind of hoping and expecting you to kind of go then uh, say that as well. Um, expectations, of course, because, you know, you mentioned it, COVID and lockdowns and being unable to move for such a long period of time. You, you, you need to make up for lost time. Um, the world has opened up. There's an incredible array of countries throughout Europe and abroad for you to explore. Um, even into 2024, I'll imagine you're going to be nonstop busy. And that's just incredible to hear. We hope. We hope. 
<laughs> that is it. Okay, we reached know. the never no, of, of course, that's the thing. Just fingers crossed. Um, we reached part of the interview now where it's basically a slight switch up. This is Ozzy Osbourne, and he has a bunch of random questions that can be anything. I'm just going to pull out a few and we'll go through them. So we'll start with number 30. What is the last record you bought? Ooh. Which one? So we're talking like physical copy of a record? Yeah, yeah, physical copy, absolutely. I haven't bought one in a really long time, but I would yeah. say the last one I bought would be Black Sabbath's last album, the 13. That will probably be that... the last one I bought. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's been a while. <laughs> been a while. <laughs> okay. Um, what is the worst piece of advice you have ever received? Now, suppose you can take this from, you could take this from an, a personal angle or from a band angle. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's pretty hard. Because... <laughs> I guess I'm pretty good at filtering out. If I think something's bad, I'm just, okay. <laughs> well done, uh, you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I really put them... None of them has been, like, so outrageous that I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's a really bad one. Yeah. It's mostly just, like, small things. You don't you don't pay them any mind. You just, that, that's, that doesn't sound... <laughs> sound like a good idea. Yeah, you, you just, oh... You've had your fair share of that, though, yeah? And having to filter out. Yeah, yeah. Say no more. We'll pull another one out then. Okay, number eight. And this is, who would play you in a movie or a TV show about your life? Oh. I don't know. Maybe hmm. in Berlin, someone said uh, I looked like Johnny Depp on stage. So maybe <laughs> Johnny Depp. I'm guessing because of the... I'd always do my hair in the back, so I look like, uh, um, I don't know, some of the characters he's played, maybe. I don't know where it came from. Maybe it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. Maybe it is. I I, I can kind of see it uh, with a younger Johnny Depp. Not so much Johnny Depp as he is now, older, but definitely I, I can kind of get what they're getting at. Johnny Depp, great actor for it. Hopefully. Okay, number 10. What is your earliest memory of playing a video game? Ooh. Hmm. Ooh, that's ooh, one of the earliest ones. Mm. Would be... Which one would be? I, will, I think it's... Oh, what's it called? I know it's a pretty famous one. It was on the Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, and it was, I didn't know at the time, but now when I've seen it um, on the internet, like when people talk about it, it was famous for being super hard. Ooh. I didn't give it any thought at the time. I think it's called, you were, you like played a little night and you're supposed to get through. Uh, Oh, Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, that could be it. That one um, I had on the Super Nintendo when I was young. I never yeah, got you... past the second level because it was 
If it is Ghosts and Goblins and you made it to the second level, you did better than most people because that game is incredibly hard. <laughs> yeah, I got like... I remember I could finish the first one, but I could never pass, pass the second one. Fantastic. You've got to find that again and try it out and see if you're better these days. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more then for you, and we shall pull out number 55. What is one thing you should always take with you to a festival? Hmm. I mean, the most obvious thing is water, I would probably say. <laughs> Maybe that's too obvious. Like, staying hydrated, so important. You you say it's obvious, but it is one of those things that people regularly forget to do. I've done it over my years at festivals. Drink too much alcohol, not enough water, and you will regret it. Um, I think the most obvious answer would have been a tent or something like that. So, yes, water, absolutely, particularly in these hot this hot weather. Um, incredible. So, Blessed with Malevolence. It is out now via Seeking Strike. It's an incredible EP. I cannot wait to see what you do going forward, and I cannot wait to see... You're appearing live throughout Europe and hopefully in the UK at some point in the next 12 months. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?